What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the second episode of the Over the Hill Podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Boston. And this episode, we're going to be talking about the Eastern Conference, who's going to come out of the East, who's a pretender, and who's a contender. All right, let's get it. So I think we've had to talk about the Bucks first. They're clearly the front runner coming out of the East, and they're honestly, a lot of people think, the most likely candidates to win the finals this season. I mean, you have Giannis, who's just out here, and he's being the front runner for the MVP and the Defensive Player of the Year. He's averaging about 29.6 points per game, 13.7 rebounds per game, and 5.8 assists. How do you even compete against that? Yeah, Giannis has been a stud this season. There's no doubt about it. And he's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, the Greek freak doing his Euro steps and whatnot, driving the lane. And he's obviously the biggest contributor to this Bucks team. And he's uh, kind of the force that makes them go. But I think that you have to give credit to Chris Middleton's play this season. He was a 50-40-90 guy. And that just speaks volumes to the amount of efficiency that he's been producing. Um, but it's really just, can Giannis and his role players roll that over into the postseason? Yeah, and we have seen Chris Middleton kind of struggle as soon as he enters playoffs. He fell off to just 16.9 points per game last year in the playoffs and 13.7 points per game just against the Raptors themselves. Yeah, and that was obviously incredibly disappointing. Uh, we watched those games and... He almost was just not there. I mean, it was basically uh, Giannis versus the entire Raptors team at some points. Him and uh, Eric Bledsoe, same kind of situation where plays well during the regular season and then does a disappearing act come playoff time. He was only averaging 13 points per game during the playoffs and was shooting an abysmal 24% from behind the arc. Yeah, and this could be where this break actually benefits this team only having to play eight games and then maybe that stress of being in the playoffs and having the crowd behind them is actually going to kind of be a little bit easier for them to transition into those games and it's almost going to seem just like a regular season game for them. Yeah, it's definitely something to consider. Uh, how is this new environment going to play to the strengths and weaknesses of different teams? And I mean, who are we to say? I'm not a psychologist what uh, the mindset is for Chris Middleton in those playoff games. But hopefully the no fans can be beneficial to them. And I'd really like to see what this team can do when they're operating at 100% in the playoffs. Yeah, and they could really be a difference maker while helping Giannis to be able to finally bring that ship to the Bucks. And this is really, I think, a make or break year for Giannis because there's been so many swirling free agency reports about where is he going to go, Warriors, Heat, this and that. So I think if they don't have a strong running, and it really might be championship or bust for this team. Yeah, and I think this year I actually have the Celtics as taking kind of that number one spot and actually beating out the Bucks. I guess we'll have to see. The Bucks do have a lot of good role players. Another guy we didn't mention was George Hill, who's currently leading the NBA in three-point percentage. He's shooting 48% from behind the arc. Uh, and the Celtics do have some pieces that can match up well against them. But will they be able to slow down what the Bucks are doing? And just <laughs> are they going to be able to score on that defense with uh, Brooke Lopez really being the anchor down low for them? I definitely see where you're coming from when you're saying that. But they do have players like Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Gordon Hayward who really can outshine on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you had Kemba Walker who has come into this team and kind of people didn't think that he was going to be able to step up and be the leader that they needed. And I think he was able to prove everybody wrong, especially while averaging 21.2 points per game and having 4.9 assists. Yeah, I mean, I love Kemba. I think the whole cardiac Kemba when he's back in uh, UConn. 
And I really think he's been a great leader for this team. And he's allowed Jason Tatum to shine. He's kind of taken a step back and said, you know, handed the reins to the team, so to speak, to Tatum and allowed him to uh, really have some huge performances, especially post-All-Star break. Uh, that's where he's really shown, uh, shown the most. Yeah, he was what he went from about averaging 23.6 points per game to averaging 35 points per game just right after the All-Star break. Um, and he was really looking good. And I mean, last year he was at about 15.7 and now he's still on track for 23.6 and he's looking really good. And not just that, you have Jalen Brown who took a huge leap forward. And to be honest, not just his offensive game, but his defensive game has just took a massive upgrade. Yeah, I mean, all your points I, I love and hard to disagree with, but the huge flaw in that Celtics lineup is the center position. And I know Brooke Lopez hasn't exactly played phenomenally on that end of the court. He was, uh, But he's shown in the past that he can make the three ball. Last season he shot 36% from behind the arc, and he plays decently well in the paint. And will those Celtics big men be able to stop, you know, maybe not necessarily him, but what about somebody like Embiid? Where Embiid, the dude's a beast. Do you mean to tell me that uh, Daniel Tice is going to step up on a game-to-game level and stop Joel Embiid? I don't think so. To be honest, that's where Brad Stevens is really going to have to shine and being able to bring his players into the right position. Their defense, although they are ranked fifth in the league, they don't have that true big man, and it's going to be tough stopping those big men. And to be honest, if they're able to kind of create it and really stretch the floor, they should be able to be a lot of these players. Yeah, I think the Celtics are going to have to try to rely on those 20-point-per-game scores and just outshine a lot of teams. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, great storylines that they've been following. And you love to see it coming from Jalen Brown, too. We got a huge contract, and dude was just getting ragged on for no reason. Uh, I hate when that comes up. I think players got to go out and get every penny that they're worth. And then he's honestly outperformed his contract. Um, so is it just going to be, do they just try to score more points than the opposing teams? But that bench unit for the Celtics is, I'd say, iffy at best. Yeah, they're going to have to see a lot of play coming from Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Romeo Langford, and just Green in general. And if they can really kind of just step up and fill those roles, they don't necessarily need to go out and score 10 points per game, but they really do need to kind of go out there and kind of just fit into their role and be able to give that time. I mean, Roman Langford basically hasn't played for them all season long. He's had some flashes in the G League, but I'd say he's been closer to a bust than he's been an NBA player. Uh, but somebody like Grant Williams, Semi Ojale, they have to be able to step up and play decent minutes at least. But uh, I don't know. I don't see it happening. And then Ennis Cantor is a guy some people be like, well, I played well for Portland last year in the playoffs, but dude's a joke on defense and – no offense to him, I just don't see him being able to uh, step up and be able to match up with some of these dominant bigs that uh, they might have to face. Between We didn't even talk about Bam and Abayo from the Heat, too. They get matched up with one of those teams in the early rounds, they could be in some serious trouble. They could be, and I mean, Daniel Tice has definitely shown that he can compete at that level, and I guess it really just comes down to what kind of playoff team are we going to be looking at? Are we going to be looking at a team that can go out and score and have players that come out and score 20 points per game and Tice be able to kind of be able to stop some of those big men. And if they don't, it's definitely going to be a long road. And they also have Marcus Smart, who really is an effort player for this team. He's going to be someone who comes out and gives you 110% on defense. Yeah, Marcus Smart's at least in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. One of my personal favorite players. I just love the intensity that that guy brings. 
and I think he's someone that will be able to shine uh, with these playoff teams with uh, no fans and whatnot. But I think a key element that we haven't really talked about is uh, what's going on with Gordon Hayward. Will he be there the whole time? And I wouldn't blame him at all if he chooses to leave, but that could definitely affect the Celtics' um, championship contentions or hopes going forward. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, he's supposed to have a child uh, coming early September, and that's right before when playoffs come. And he's a versatile player that we all know has the potential to be great. He has really shown that he can be that all-star caliber player. And he was averaging 17.3 points per game right before the break occurred. So hopefully he can come back, especially kind of having that long break and really just kind of bring back the player that he was. Yeah, I mean, you are hopeful that he'll be able to be that player that he was uh, playing for the Jazz. And I mean, me as a Celtics fan, I hope the best for the team. But uh, I'm also a realist and I just don't know if this is a year for them. Um, maybe next year when health is on their side, the circumstances are a little bit better because they're a team that I think really gets negatively affected by the bubble because that Boston crowd is phenomenal, especially come playoff time. They got that arena rocking when they're playing. Dude. So we've kind of talked about the Bucks and the Celtics. Who do you got going for the uh, Eastern Conference this year? So I think it has to be the Raptors. I mean, they're defending champions for a reason. I know they lost Kawhi, but the amount of versatility that they have, especially on the defensive side of the ball, at that wing position, it's just going to be really tough for any team they run up against. Yeah, they Kawhi really just kind of, I'm going to be honest, I didn't think that this was going to be the same team at all. I thought they were going to take a huge drop and just really kind of be lackluster without him, and they've really definitely shined this season. Yeah, Pesto Siakam was last year's most improved player, but he's taken another huge step for them, and he's really shown averaging 23, almost 24 points per game. But I think just as a team, they have such good camaraderie and uh, camaraderie, excuse me, and chemistry together. They have five players currently averaging at least 16 points per game, and that speaks volumes to them on that side of the ball. And they might honestly even be better on the defensive side of the ball. And to be honest, Kyle Lowry is really outperformed this year he's really kind of surprised me coming in with 19.7 points per game and 14.8 rebounds per game and also including the 7.7 assist he's really coming up huge in those clutch moments and when he's not on the court in those clutch moments who do you think is going to take that step up well I don't know why he wouldn't be on the court in the clutch but um if I had to pick a guy you'd like to think that Siakam can step up but also Fred Van Vliet in those playoffs last season specifically in the finals he played some of the biggest minutes of basketball that I've ever seen, especially for a guy at that point. He was relatively unknown. So if he can do that and without all the confidence in the world that he's now gained from the finals run and this current season, I have no reason to doubt him going forward. And do you see them being able to defend really well against Giannis? Yeah, I mean, I think they just do the same mentality they did last season when Nick Nurse just had basically the brick wall between uh, Abaka and Gasol and uh, basically just force Giannis to uh, dish it out to his teammates, and then it comes down to, will his teammates be able to make shots? I don't know, but I think that's pretty much the best you can try to hope for against him. Nick Nurse has definitely done a great job this year bringing in that Raptors team and kind of just improving as much as they did, even without Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I mean, Nick Nurse, I think, doesn't get even enough credit. He's a championship-winning coach, and I know that they had Kawhi last season, but uh, his schemes are really, really good defensively, and I think that the amount of pieces that he has at his disposal just kind of lends itself to him creating some really tough matchups that could be pretty scary to a lot of teams in the East. 
I think this year, though, they did have pretty good big men, and Gasol was kind of one of them, but he only played in 36 games, and do you think him not possibly not being 100% in those next upcoming eight games and the playoffs is kind of hurt him at all? It'll definitely be interesting, and I know that he's had that uh, kind of nagging hamstring injury, but he's a tough dude. He came from the grit and grind Grizzlies, uh, and he was playing very, very well for them. He was shooting 40% on three and a half attempts per game from outside. So I guess we just kind of have to see how he comes back. But I'm confident that even if he's not 100%, they can stagger the minutes between him and Abaka. All right, so it may be true that Gasol is coming back. But with the Raptors having the hardest remaining schedule, do you go easy and lose a second overall seed to the Celtics? Or do you just play all out? I mean, it's definitely a kind of predicament that they're in. But I think under Nick Nurse's leadership, they're really going to be able to push and maintain for that final seed because they still have a three-game lead over the Celtics. And that is huge because there's only eight games remaining. So I don't see them losing that final seed, even if, you know, maybe somebody isn't going all out or they're still trying to, uh, you know, get them reincorporated into the lineup. So I think that they're going to be okay going forward. And I truly believe that this team is the biggest threat to the Bucks in the East. All right. And, I mean, you already know you have the Bucks who are out here in first place. You got the Raptors in second and you got the Celtics in third. Those are definitely kind of the three top-tier teams in the East right now. But there is a team that not many people are talking about, and that is the Miami Heat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they got a lot going on down there in Miami. Um, between the Jimmy Butler signing and him just playing out of his mind, I mean, Pat Riley, the GM down there, has really worked his magic this season. Dude, I mean, how do you even expect a team like this to come together and perform this well together? And I mean, to be honest, a lot of that could contribute to the young players who are stepping up in Adebayo, Hero, Jones Jr., Nunn, and Robinson. They really have just outshined a lot of veterans this year. What a story for Duncan Robinson, huh? Seriously. He started as a D3 guy, and uh, a lot of people you know, counted him out, never really gave him a shot, and now... I believe he's, what, fourth in the league in three-point percentage. And this dude's taking, like, 8.4, uh, three-point shots per game. Just been an awesome storyline to follow. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of them do have that. I mean, you have Bam Adebayo, who's actually nearly doubled his points per game. He went from 8.9 to 16.2. How do you even defend players who are just outperforming this year? Yeah, I mean, Adebayo, I mean, between him and Brandon Ingram, those are definitely the front runners for most improved player of the season. And in my opinion, I'm giving the nod to Adebayo because his defensive side of the ball is insane. And he is such a good playmaker from that center position. I mean, he gives, I mean, I'm not going to say he's uh, ahead of Jokic by any means, but uh, he certainly gives him a run for his money. Yeah, and I mean, they really are just looking good, and they are a deep team too. They have eight people who are averaging over 11 points per game. Yeah, I think that a lot of people um, kind of look at them just because of Jimmy Butler and you assume, all right, that dude brings it defensively, and he absolutely does. But what I think really is going under the radar this season is that they lead the league in three-point percentage as a team, and that is what's been propelling them into uh, the position that they're in and what really will be the defining factor, I think, going forward. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of Jimmy Butler, too, he really has been a huge impact on this team, not just as a playmaker, but as a leader. And, I mean, he really does bring in the hype wherever he goes. And I think that's really what's going to play a huge role coming back into this bubble, especially not having a crowd. He's going to be someone who can actually come in and just bring that energy right away. I mean, I think we've both been kind of riding high on the heat right now, but I think we've got to bring it real for a minute. 
do you really think Jimmy Butler has a superstar enough to carry this heat forward? No. I don't. No. And to be honest, though, this season could really just be an audition for several marquee free players, or free agents, I should say, or just trade pieces in general. Yeah, I know that uh, Oladipo has a house down in Miami, and he's been linked to them for a while now, and especially what's going on with the Pacers there. So uh, I see what you're saying. Well, you know, the, he can put something together here, and then, I mean... It's on the table for everyone. It's the elephant in the room. What is Giannis going to do in a couple years for his free agency? Yeah, and I mean, I do think that this year is going to be a huge, huge moment for the Bucs and what their playoff run looks like. And if they can't make it, is that really going to be worth Giannis keeping to stick around with this team and try to bring a ship when he could have that potential to go to a team who already has the pieces and he's just a missing link? Yeah, and I, I mean, talked about it a little bit before, but Pat Riley is just a wizard when it comes to that side of things. So if anybody can, you know, do his uh, finessing and mingling to uh, get a star player down there, it's him. And uh, kind of like what you said, this team has a lot going forward and a lot of young pieces. So they have some cap flexibility and they have some trade pieces where they can move things around and open up that max spot that obviously Giannis is going to command. Um, but I guess it really just kind of comes down to how does this team perform this year? And then, do they carry it into next season? Yeah, and this Eastern Conference this year is definitely going to be an interesting one to watch. And, I mean, on Friday, we got the Celtics versus the Bucks, and should be a really good game. I'm excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I know that we kind of talked about this with the Raptors, so I just want to bring it up uh, before we kind of move on from the Heat. But they also have the second hardest remaining schedule. So I know it's only eight games, and, you know, it could get blown out of proportion a little bit. But it's something to consider and uh, definitely, uh, well, I think play a factor going forward for them. Yeah, and so, I mean, as uh, you guys all continue to watch the games and as we continue to watch the games, I think we're all going to be interested to see where it goes. Yeah, I'm excited for the season to kick off tonight, and uh, I think we're going to be excited to have some more content going forward. Yeah, all right. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in, and feel free. You guys know where the message button is. Always feel free to reach out, and you know where to go from there. Thank you.